This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 570 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. On today's show, we have fellow Horse Radio Network host, Joy Hills, on to talk about her show, Retired Race Horse Radio, as well as a discussion about funny judges' comments. And after that, we get a great trainer tip from Canadian Brittany Frazier Bolia. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Reese? I'm good. And we actually we have Paul on. He's our producer from Brighton, England. He he's quiet, but he has a huge part of our show, and we've been laughing quite a lot tonight. I think we all needed that a little bit. So we're good. How are you? Um, you know, it just seems like every day runs into the next. They're kind of re- repetitions of themselves, which is fine. And, 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 you know, but we forget what day it is a lot. And we, you know, yeah. sending sending our emails back and forth. We have to remind, your, remind each other that we what are recording on Thursdays yeah. and that tomorrow is not Thursday. And, you know, so it's been it's, it's still <laughs> a little challenging. It's still a little challenging. It is. It is. And that's where we're laughing. I, I will say that coming on, on, we record on Thursday night typically and, and coming on with you two, uh, it's an international, we were talking about before England, Canada, us, it's, it's fun. And I, I look forward to Thursday nights because I get to spend some time with you guys and our listeners. And it's definitely been a breath of fresh air. Uh, it's true. I, I, um, I am working a lot now, actually we're open here in Kentucky. So, um, I, which is wonderful. I can't tell you how fun it's been to see all my students and uh, maybe to see some people that I don't see quite as much. Uh, but right now, because some aren't showing, some are showing, I get to see a lot of people a little bit more, uh, which is fun because they've really embraced training and getting better, um, which has been really fun. So I'm not going to lie. Be nice to your horse trainers. We're uh, we're all I'm a little slap happy and tired. Uh, but I love it. I, I had 17 horses I did today and I have the same amount tomorrow. So, uh, which is awesome. I'm not, not complaining by any means, but, um, I think that's why I, I was confused all week on what day it was. So, well, you, you, you sent some students to a horse show and, you know, are you able to give a report on their experience at, uh, in, in competing yes, uh, over the last I, weekend? Yeah. So I'm happy to do that. So I, I, there were two different horse shows that my students went to. One was a event in Tennessee, which, you know, again, um, depending on where you are in the world, um, America, obviously, um, we, we have different, depending on what state you are, there's different regulations. Kentucky, uh, my particular state has been pretty conservative. Uh, Tennessee has not been as conservative with their policy. So I think they, the, the group, the eventers that went to Tennessee, now they were also eventers. So they're a little, um, but everyone had a great time. They really felt like the regulations were okay. They were able to abide by social distancing. They were able to abide by wearing masks. The same for the other horse show was in Ohio, uh, which is just over the border north of us. They also felt okay. They, uh, that particular group, they rented an Airbnb. 
So they didn't stay in a hotel. Uh, I actually didn't ask about the Tennessee group, what the hotel was like, but the Ohio group uh, felt like the horse show was, was quite good. Uh, Majestic Farms did a great job. Uh, everybody was given a free textile. Um, so they, and, and they have a lot of barns at that particular location. Um, so I think everybody felt pretty comfortable. Um, you know, again, you're, you've got to know you're going to wear masks. They're asking you not to sort of hang out. Uh, there's definitely going to be some, a uh, little bit of restrictions going on. Um, so I think if you're going to a horse show, you have to be ready for that. Uh, but that particular group, they had a blast. They had a really good time. They, they, their Airbnb, they said was lovely and clean and, uh, they went to the horse show and then they went back to their, to where they were staying and, and they had a really good time. So, um, okay. I hope, that sounds yeah, positive. I hope that sounds good. It was positive. Yeah. 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 So, uh, if you have, if anybody went to a horse show, send us an email, let us know. We're happy to update everyone on what they're like. I don't know. Uh, you know, again, Phil, you're in Canada, so different country, but some of my students are still very split on horse shows. And, and I, uh, also am being quite conservative, uh, on, on kind of crossing state borders and staying in hotels, et cetera. We have some kind of local shows, uh, that I feel very comfortable going to. So we have one in a week and a half that I'm really looking forward to. Big Mike's going to do his first pre-St. George. So that'll be fun, but it's a very, I know, I know the facility. I know I can be very safe there and it's a drivable show. We're just going, we'll go for the class and come home. Um, so that's kind of my stance on it. And I feel great about that. So I think everyone's going to be a little bit different. Um, Phil, you guys still are not open to horse shows, right? We're not. We're not horse showing yet, and no. we have no horse show and no prizes out. Nothing, but you know, just everybody's being a bit tentative, and and maybe there'll be something later on, and and we'll we'll figure it out out when when we get there. So right, right, exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. So far, they were pretty positive, but again, if anybody has um, an update, we would love to share it. Please, please send us an email, reset@horseradionetwork.com, and we will share it with everyone. Fantastic, fantastic. So uh, another topic that we wanted to kind of bring up today, um, we've got a, an update from U.S. Equestrian. Um, I think a lot of the members of the U.S. Equestrian have gotten this. It's uh, to deal with the um, Black Lives Matter protests and and the movement and you know I think we should kind of deal with this as a community and their suggestions were amazing I think yeah, it really you know, did yeah really great stuff I think you know sort of personally I, I I've seen this on the news a lot and you know I just basically said to myself um, you know what I should educate myself about this about the Black Lives Matter movement so that you know maybe I can form an opinion on it. Um, and this is exactly what U.S. Equestrian has uh, advised as well. So they sent this out, and we're going to add it to the show notes. Mm -hmm. and, and basically it says educating yourselves is the first step, and I completely wholeheartedly believe in this and reading articles. And, you know, thank goodness we're in the podcast community, and we have some great podcast resources um, I don't know, people, you know, the auditors certainly know and people certainly know that um, we have a fantastic podcaster in our own close community, a friend of ours, uh, Jemmy Legagnier. She's got a French last name that's always hard for us, but um, she has produced our show. She's very involved with Glenn and the Horse Radio Network. Um, they produce a show together, the Finding Florida podcast, and then she has a show which is called People of Florida. Mm -hmm. And she did an episode last week that I that I was 
Reese and I have both listened to and it was so educational about, you know, these topics of Black Lives Matter that I would recommend this to everyone who listens to our show, who are interested in this topic, to listen to her show. So just go over there. You can find her podcast anywhere you find you find podcasts and uh and give it a listen because it was so educational for me i've been you know i'm very ignorant to these issues i'm very naive to these issues and i think it's completely worthwhile so i just wanted to recommend her she's a fantastic person fantastic friend and go ahead and 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 do that and like i said we're going to add this to the show notes the the recommended resources from u.s equestrian Absolutely. This is, it was a great, great resources. I've also been listening, I, as I've shared on the show now, I'm, now that I've been home, uh, now the barn is, is back up and going, but I've started really listening to podcasts. And now I listen to podcasts when I'm riding, because I'm, again, out my ring by myself. And there's some great podcasts. Also, um, Jemmy's podcast, really everyone should listen to. Um, and, and just some great podcast resources as well. So, um, we hope we, we can, again, we're very ignorant on the subject. We're also trying to, to uh, educate ourselves. And our next guest, I, I really hope she was a fantastic interview. We've already done it and, and we're uh, Joy Hills. Uh, we really hope you enjoy it as much as we did. So we hope uh, you have a good listen. Well, tonight we are so happy to have a fellow co-host here on the Horse Radio Network, Joy Hills. She is the co-host of the Retired Racehorse Radio Project. She's also an African-American co-host who we adore here, and we're so thankful you're here. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. I'm so excited. This is actually one of the first shows I started listening to with uh, Horse Radio Network, so I'm very honored to be on. Oh, girl, we must have been really bad when that started. We, we've been on a while, but it was probably pretty bad when you started. Oh, no, no. It was always great. Well, I mean, maybe there are a couple episodes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's true. It's <laughs> fine. We can acknowledge that. We're, we're okay with that. <laughs> it's very true, actually. You know, as and, and, and I'm sure in your show, as you as you you get better as it goes, but still sometimes you flub it. And we were, we were just laughing off air of it, uh, about our uh, blooper reels. Oh, we're glad. Yeah. We're glad. If I could listen back to those first episodes, oh, I can't, I can't let, do even it. let me keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're really so pleased to have you on and, and it's been a very sensitive week throughout the world. And, you know, we wanted to address some issues and we really felt like you were our girl to come on the show and kind of talk with us a little bit about how we can include people with color in, in the equestrian sports. Um, and we're going to let you take it away because obviously Phil and I, uh, we want to support you. We want to support, we really want to support everyone. We love our community here and, and that's what our mission is tonight. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your show? Sure. Um, it's, such an honor to be talking about this too, especially during these times. And, you know, I want to preface that, you know, everything I talk about is just my opinion from my observations. And I always encourage people to go out, ask questions, um, search for more answers. So, um, yeah, happy to take this away. A little bit about me real quick. I've been riding since, oh my gosh, I was two years old. Um, my parents started me out on Arabians. We had at least 20 plus horses in my life at this point. I'm currently <laughs> down to four, doing pretty good there. Oh, that's pretty good, girl. That's, that's <laughs> actually excellent. Oh, we're getting there. They're we're like potato out. chips. <laughs> just have one. No, and they're, they're so much fun, so much personality. Um, 
dressage has always been a love of mine. I particularly love being at the lower levels of dressage per se. I love bringing up horses and seeing them learn how to self-carriage and learning better strategies for myself to help them learn those things too. And whether or not they stay with me during that whole time or they move on to their next home, it's just been a real honor to do that. And uh, currently bringing along my little dressage uh, thoroughbred and off the track thoroughbred. And she's just lovely. I've had her for three years now and she's, she's had some issues coming along. We're a little slower than I thought we'd be. Um, what, from, what are some issues? Like, tell us, tell us a little bit about training her. She actually had a delayed growth spurt. So we had to take about a year off. <laughs> um, really? Yes. I got her as a six-year-old and everyone's pretty sure she was done growing, you know, didn't have any butt highness or anything like that. Uh, she was a very refined looking thoroughbred. Actually, most people thought she was an Anglo era because she's just so feminine and she's pretty small for a thoroughbred, about 15'1", 15'2". Um, all of a sudden, though, uh, last fall, she decided, I want to grow some more. And we are now 16 wow. hands. Uh, oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you're like old guy, yeah. quarter horse. Got yet. some inches there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was going to say, which side grew? The butt or, uh, the, or the withers? A little bit of both. It's a uh, full on. We had to get new tack. Uh, we went from having like a 22 inch skirt to a 28 inch skirt. And yeah, it caught I'm everyone. Sure it wasn't COVID. It sure wasn't COVID. I think that's happened to I me. I wish. She is a solid brick. Because um, <laughs> I was like, oh, this has to jiggle, right? And like, oh, no, it's rock hard. Okay. This is just you now. <laughs> so we took wow. time off so she could develop. And then she did have. Um, an injury. She actually flipped over backwards oh. um, in the cross tie. So I wanted to give her plenty of time off and rehab her. And we're so lucky that we have any major injuries out of it. But it had some vertebrae shift and a little oh, bit of horses PTSD. are stupid. Horses you are know, stupid. <laughs> we need that bubble wrap. Just like if I can coat her in it, we'd be good. So that that set <laughs> us off. But we have grown so much in trust with each other that the groundwork is phenomenal. I no longer have a spooky horse. She's just game for anything that I throw at her. So we might not have all the time in the saddle I wanted during these three years, but I have such a strong partnership that once we're getting back into riding, which we started ooh, three months ago, really having more of a regular routine. Um, she's just taken everything in great stride and learning very quickly. So it, it still paid off at the end. And Joy, did you actually have a little time off for COVID or were you able to continue riding? I did. Michigan was full shutdown mm -hmm. um, since the end of March. And we actually just reopened last Thursday. <laughs> yeah. 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 So now now it's just now it's just getting back into to work and yeah. getting your fit. And even that is still like we my company is only partial reopening. So where we normally have a hundred and something people in the office, we may only see 20 people for the next couple of weeks and slowly gradually bring them back on. And it's still a very interesting time. People have been very nervous and with everything else happening in the world at the same time, it's everyone's very tense. So we're just doing the best we can to make sure people feel safe. And the horses have been amazing for my mental health as well. Yeah. I think everybody for sure, mm -hmm. for sure. Absolutely. So, um, and your other four, or the other three horses, what, what do they do? Yeah. So I still have my, uh, my old show horse. Um, she's my little black Arabian. She's what I got started on dressage with and my first horse that I've trained. Um, 
and my dog brought me a squeaky toy. Sorry about that. <laughs> Welcome to podcasting, everyone. <laughs> but um, yeah, I used to do dressage with her. We made it up to first level. Uh, she's just phenomenal. Now she's just loving semi-retired life. She loves being on the trails, but I still like to take her out. We did some flying lane changes the other day, which is a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> she's just a blast to ride. It's a little spitfire. I call her my Ferrari. And then I have my childhood pony still as well. So she's Aww. technically an Arab, but a very small 14-hand Arab. And she's 27 and living her best life, eating all the time, and occasionally taking a young child around for their first horse experience. But um, And then I have my, my Morgan. I just got him last year. And he is... There's a reason I have mares. <laughs> okay, I you know I've, never, I've, I've heard it a lot the other way, but not. Yes, not, yeah, not that's that unique. Oh, he, is, he is so hard. He's my most difficult horse. The only horse I have to wear gloves with when I ride. He's really uh, heavy on the hands. Gets into everything. Learns how to unlock everything. Um, oh yeah, he is a prankster, but very flashy. <laughs> yeah, personality. <Beautiful> move, <laughs> That's why I got, I've him. got one of those girl. mover, but <laughs> yeah, I like to keep, um, keep a beer on hand <laughs> before riding. <laughs> well, with horses, you need a sense of humor at all times. Exactly. exactly. I think that's good. So, um, joy, I think that, you know, we talked, um, before doing this show that you had some thoughts about diversity in equestrianism and, you know, maybe we, we could talk about that a little bit. Sure thing. So, I kind of, it's been a weird one to think about. And Glenn and I, who Glenn is the creator of Horse Radio Network, if no one has listened in, it's oh, their he first time. Our he's our yeah. boss. Oh, good, good, good. I, when the boss man comes new on. listeners on Retired Racehorse Radio. I was like, this is Glenn. He's amazing. He's the reason for all of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he comes on. Yeah, he doesn't visit sure. us too much anymore, but yeah. he does visit yeah. us. Yeah. But Glenn and I have had so many discussions just one-on-one -on -one about, you know, how do we increase diversity in the horse world? And I personally see it being three major issues. Um, so the first one is financial. That's probably the most obvious one. And that goes across the board. We have a very expensive sport. I think we can all say um, between if you're an amateur rider, between paying hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars, depending on your horse, you pay for the horse, you pay for lessons or leasing a horse, transportation, schooling shows, equipment, clothing, vet expenses, food and board, it all can add up. And sometimes, um, you know, especially with people of color, that funding isn't always available. Um, and it, it crossed the board for anyone of any demographic, but especially in that population, it is harder to kind of figure out where that money needs to be going to and prioritizing. So finding ways to make horses more accessible is one of the things that we should consider, but I think it's kind of the, the hardest one out there because there's so many variables in it. Um, the second thing is geographical. Um, the majority of people live in urban areas. Um, so dense cities or just outside those cities and suburbs and horses tend to be in rural areas and sometimes yeah. transportation yeah. can be hard. Yeah. So you might have um, youth who are so excited. They see it on TV. They want to get involved, but depending on work schedules and, you know, if there's more than one car available, it doesn't always work out where it can be accessible. So I have always recommended finding car sharing. If 
you know, having conversations, if you have a child who rides or you're riding and, you know, you're just talking at work or they're talking at school, if you're willing to bring someone along with you and introduce them to the sport, that's an easy thing that you can do. Um, offer to car share together, split gas, whatever you want to do. It's an easy thing that someone can do and add a new person potentially into the sport. Um, and finally, the last one is marketing. The sport at this time, and hopefully I don't offend anyone when I say that, is very much geared to white women, like very specifically white women. <laughs> if you yeah. pull any yeah. catalog, if you look at yeah. TV shows, magazines, books, it's always like this young blonde teenage girl <laughs> who's suddenly a horse skinny. whisperer. Skinny. Yeah. Just saying. Yep. Always <laughs> skinny. Always kind of like the American girl style. And, um, it unintentionally leaves out a large population and not even just, you know, people of color. It also leaves out men. It leaves out boys, um, boys, boys. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. people who may identify differently or have different sexual orientations. You don't always see that being promoted within the sport either. So I'm not upset at marketing. Um, People are reluctant to embrace change because it's a risk, especially when dollars are involved. Yeah. And so this, yeah. the marketing strategies are just the same as like the first Sears catalogs that came out way back when. And yeah. so that's what they stuck with. But this is our chance to vote with your dollar in a way. If you want to see diversity, reach out to the companies that you like to buy from. Say, hey, I want to see these models or I want to see more you know, styles for men. I want to see more people of color. You know, I loved when free rain came out on Netflix, granted corny and way too many fake winnies, but <laughs> it was the first time that the protagonist was someone of color, a black female. And it wasn't her having to struggle to make her way in a sport with full of rich white people. It was just, everyone was kind of on an equal playing field. She was learning it. She was really good. You know, her family was, you know, middle-class and doing the best they can. And that was a realistic depiction that I think we needed at this time. So I really applauded that because the last time we've had something like that was when Saddle Club came out and they had Carol Hansen, who was kind of championing it for all people of color in the sport. And that's not enough. Right. You know, we've been out there. You have famous equestrians of color. You have Mavis Spencer and Paige Johnson, who are FEI show jumpers. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of Cowtown Work to Ride, but they're the first black all-male polo team who won a national and interscholastic championship at the Virginia Polo Center in 2011. First time an all-black team won a national title. And I didn't see any of it until I started researching for this interview. Yeah, that's um, amazing. That's Cheryl yeah. White was the first female jockey and also of color. Like she, wow. she took two things at one time. Ezekiel Amazing. Mitchell, yeah. professional bull rider, ranked number 23 in the world. And then even on our show, we had Jennifer Osborne, who competed in the Retired Racehorse Project last year as an eventer. And she's as a founder of Fire and Ice Horse Rescue and also a full-time firefighter. Like she is the definition of a badass. Yeah. Like, we're out there. We've been out there, but it, we have to encourage the companies to put us out there up front too, to say that we're a part of this community. And I think once you start showcasing that, you're going to see more and more coming to the sport, which 
only benefits us. It makes us stronger. It helps lower some of those membership fees when you have more people out there. It's going to intensify the sport and give us more power and an the economy and protect a lot of the things that we love too when we have a bigger population participating. Joy, those are fantastic thoughts. Amazing. And we knew when we would, were going to bring, you know, get you onto our show, you're going to bring a lot of awesome ideas and a lot of thoughts to, you know, to, to educate us and, you know, to highlight the, the diversity that already exists that, that maybe um, we hadn't been doing so enough of so far. So, that's amazing. I, we also wanted to tell your story of going from being a listener to an auditor to a host on the on the Horse Radio Network. Tell us a little bit about your story about about that whole process. Yeah, that was it ended up being very organic, which was nice. Um, so I was gosh, I started listening to Horse Radio Network, I think in 2013. I was just looking for a podcast about horses. I was working as um, a paralegal at the time and a lot of files and you're alone a lot going through those files. (laughs) So I wanted a good podcast as I was trying to just brush up on skills for horses. And I found horses in the morning, which was great. And then I found all these other shows and that's where I found your show as well. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is where I'm trying to learn more dressage. This is great. And then I learned about the auditor page. I was like, okay, it's a dollar. That seems sketchy. Like, <laughs> okay. Joy, um, tell people if they don't know what the auditor page is, what is the auditor page? Yeah. It's a good time to tell people what it is. Absolutely. So I always like to say the auditor page is like the super fans of Horse Radio Network. Such great people who join it. It's a really cool community. It's a secret Facebook group. Um, and it really is. Uh, all you have to do is at least a dollar to join. It's through Patreon. And now that podcasts are becoming pretty popular, I think most people know what Patreon is. But it's just a way to support the network and say, hey, I love what you're doing. I'd love to give you a dollar a month or more if you like. And it helps benefit the host and the show so we can keep bringing you great content. But you also get to hang out with a bunch of really cool equestrians mm-hmm. from all over the world, not even just America, but the whole world. It's where I've met a lot of my good friends. I've had some auditor meetups and it's just been great. That's a great and group. They're supportive for each other. Great. They're um, yeah. it's educational the stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. It really? It's the whole reason you sell Facebook. That's it awesome. really is. I can't stand anything else. I strictly go just for that group. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's a hugely active group and it's, mm-hmm. and it's one of the most positive groups I have ever seen. Like really? that's yeah. And so many subgroups. Like mm-hmm. now they have a bunch of subgroups. They have a fitness group that they created where they're cheering each other on in their fitness goals. There's um, a HRN mamas group for those who are starting their families or just had babies and they're helping each other through those first couple months of that. And it's, it's just insane. There's a subgroup. There's yeah. a subgroup for getting your bronze medal. Bronze medal. If people didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. If you wanted oh, to get your bronze God. medal, we get content from that. We'll go over there and we're like, Hey guys, what are you talking about over here? <laughs> Well, that's that's one of the cool things about the Horse Radio Network, and I think all three of us as hosts, um, you know, we get the we we get the benefit of that. We're all friends, you know. Joy and I, we we went to dinner when she was in town. I don't even remember. I don't even know what day it is. So, Joy, when was that? Was that for the re- retired race? Did we go for? No, that was for um, Rolex or Land Rover. Land Rover. Yeah. See again. 
we're not really sure what day it is. Yeah. It's March 281st. So yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know, but um, no, it's true. Like, you know, we get together, we, we get together and have groups um, through, through GLUD and the Horse Radio Network. And, and that's, what's been so fun. I, I certainly didn't realize that as we started the podcast and sort of how inclusive this group would become. Um, and, and, and we really truly are a family and, and that's what we hope, you know, our listeners feel as well, um, that, that we're here and that we, we are here to help. We, we, all three of us do not do this from the financial standpoint. Um, you know, we do it because we enjoy it and it's become part of our lives and, and that we're able to, to spend time together. And so Joy, I just need cool. to know, I need to know what was, how, how did the next step go? Because yeah. you went from auditor. Oh, becoming a host. Yes, becoming yeah. a host. Oh my Auditor, gosh, I think you were on you were on the morning show. Yeah, something like I, that. So I had yeah, guest hosted a couple times with Glenn, um, filling in for Jamie. And um it, I think is when yeah, it's when I got my thoroughbred and I was like, Wow, I've took on a lot and I've never I didn't quite understand how much a thoroughbred can be coming off the track, even though I've have friends who have them and I, I made sure to surround myself with some experts to kind of help coach me through it. But there were a lot of things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not prepared for this. So I found myself going through different episodes of hit em, going through the plaid cast or Saj. And I was like, oh, I can't just like, I need one spot. I need it to be one place where I can get some information on how to best set my horse up for success um, being off the track. So I pitched it to Glenn. I was just like, hey, anyone talk about doing this yet? Having a show about retired racehorses? And I think the initial pitch we were going to call it was a thoroughbred 30, where it's going to be 30 minutes of a quick training tip with a professional, like very simplistic. And it kind of grew into more when the retired racehorse project said, we want to be a part of that. I got my horse from New Vocation. So I reached out to them of like, hey, can we you know, promote your adoptions? Because that's where I got my horse. And I want to be able to bring that back to you guys. And their adoption rates have been through the roof. They had record numbers during this time of all times of adoption rates. And it, it's oh, just been a really fantastic. amazing experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen that in in other in other pets where people are like, okay, well, I'm at home, I've got all this time, you know, what am I going to do with that? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna adopt a dog or a cat. So I guess we've that been calling them quarantine through. cuties. Quarantine <laughs> cuties, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's that's true. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's crazy that the that the thoroughbred adoption. I happen to know that because my former assistant now is at New Vocations. She's a rider there, and and I couldn't believe it when she told me that that so many horses had been adopted, which I think yeah. is amazing. There's something um, positive out of all of this. Yeah. It really is. Stuff. Yeah. We definitely saw a huge hit in the race world when everything paused, especially, I mean, the Kentucky Derby was postponed. Like that's a big deal. That that's massive. And Keeneland was postponed, which huge sales for the spring sales were just kind of lost at that. Um, so we expected a lot of horses needing to be rehomed, um, either being early retired. Um, they weren't quite making it um, as race horses. So they're like, okay, let's push them off. Cause now we have these babies coming up. It's, it was such a scary time in the racehorse world that our adoption partners were nervous of we're not going to have enough stalls. And, oh my gosh, I can't even thank the horse world enough for opening their hearts and taking in all these horses and showing that, you know, despite when everything looks so bleak in the world, 
horse is going to get better. <laughs> you know, well, it's, yeah. it says a lot. It says a lot. Well, I think that that's exactly right for all of us, you know, to be able to have horses and to be able to change, you know, just, just to go outside and, and be with our horses. It's, it's really is, we're, we're such a lucky, lucky group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so tell us real, real quick. I mean, what is maybe a couple of things that you've learned from your podcast? I mean, retraining yeah. thoroughbreds, both Phil and I do a lot of it as well. So what are some things you've learned from doing that? The biggest thing that I've learned is each horse is an individual. I mean, that's across the board, no matter what breed, but especially in the off the track world, they all have different backgrounds. It's not like getting a young three-year-old warm blood or even, you know, a Mustang, which everyone thinks is, you know, wild and crazy. And oh my goodness, they have a set idea of what a saddle means on their back. And it's very routine. And some of them get great trainers. And some of them get not so great. And depending on your horse, you're going to come with a lot of that baggage. So some horses need a lot of downtime, kind of like with my horse, she actually needed quite a bit of downtime to settle and feel comfortable in her space. And then other horses are just ready to go and ready to learn and embrace that. But taking your time to understand where they're at mentally and being patient with a thoroughbred is going to take you so far with them. Just giving them that space to breathe and kind of observing their behavior and encouraging the positive moments. I like to describe them as fixer upper for those who watch, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines. <laughs> I love that show. Yes. It's like <laughs> the bones are there. You see the potential, but you got to put the elbow grease in and take your time to get something really beautiful, but it's so worth it. That's so true that it, it really with thoroughbreds, it is time. And, and you have to remember that, like, just like you said, they had a different job before. So it, you have to really, take your time. And, and just from a, I, because I don't know this answer, it's just mm-hmm. asking for me, not just a friend. What is happening with the retired racehorse project? Is everything still a go? Like what's happening yeah. with that? We are, stan- are still anticipating a full competition. Um, the nice thing is it's easy to social distance at the horse park. Yes. <laughs> um, so true. there might be some limits on potential vendors, potentially. I know I don't think anything's been fully decided, um, but we'll be keeping post at um, our show as well. So we're staying in touch with them and we'll have updates as we learn more. Awesome. So Joy, tell us, uh, how can we listen to your show? Because I, I, I want to become a listener. I've become a podcast listener yeah. during COVID because I've like you yourself, I've been home a lot by myself. <laughs> so I, I want to listen to your show. How do I do that? Of course. Um, so you can find us on any of the major podcast um, channels. So, you know, um, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, all that stuff were there. But also it's easier just to download the Horse Radio Network app. It's free and all of our shows are on there. So you can listen mm-hmm. to everyone there. It's true. Well, Joy, thank you so much for coming on and and talking about kind of a very difficult topic for in our country. And we hope we can help out. And if we can help anyone out or anything, we're here at the Horse Radio Network and we would love to do that. So Joy, again, um, one more time, how can we find your show? What's the name of it? And how can anyone email you if they need you? Um, Our show is called Retired Racehorse Radio and you can email me at joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks so much, guys. 
Well, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed our conversation with Joy as much as we did. And we're going to have a quick break from Kentucky Performance Products. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant that supports healthy muscle and nerve function by limiting cellular damage. Green grass is the best source of vitamin E for horses, but most horses don't spend enough time grazing to meet their needs. Hay, grain, and winter pasture provide little to no natural vitamin E. To ensure your horse's vitamin E requirements are met, choose Elevate. Elevate contains a readily available source of natural vitamin E. Elevate is cost-effective and easy to feed. To learn more about Elevate, visit the Kentucky Performance Products website at kppusa.com. Well, Phil, we don't get very many emails from Glenn, our uh, the the founder of the Horse Radio Network, but he sent us this one, and and I really I looked at it and I had to laugh, and I we both decided that we needed uh, just the world is the world is a complicated place right now, so we wanted to bring some humor. So the Horse and Hound published this article, so we're giving them credit for sure, and it's really funny. So 24 of the most embarrassing comments you likely get from dressage judge. Not going to lie, I have gotten some of these, and we may add in our own comments, but I'm going to start with number one, talented horse with an opinion. (laughs) Number two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, We're both like. Yeah, we've yeah. I've had that before. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean we've uh, we've done a uh, you know for our longtime listeners, uh, you know that we've sort of done a little bit of this segment before, but it's always kind of funny <laughs> to return to, and sometimes we, we'll we'll ask for you know any anyone who yeah. wants to send us a message or or you know Facebook or email or whatever about their own comments for the jugs because. They're funny. <laughs> They're kind of funny. Yeah. And, yeah, and you a, lot gotta of places, just laugh. a lot of places here, you know, that the person, the judge sitting, you know, sitting at the end of the arena is kind of wants to say something positive, but you know, we've all had, you know, these terrible, horrendous <laughs> rides and, and, and then it's just like, you know, yeah. I don't think the judges are meaning a lot of humor in it, but it no, ends up. But you gotta, you gotta take yeah. it with a glass of wine at that point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Phil, number go. two, flying changes not required at preliminary level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number it's three. Just extra moves. Extra moves. Not extra not moves. Necessary. It should be, should be extra credit. Let's be real. All right. <laughs> Number three. This one's funny. Horses may be better suited to cross country or speed dressage. I'm sort of interested in the speed dressage idea. <laughs> I know. Right. Like, like I think I've ridden fastest, some tests that are speed fastest, dressage. Yeah. Fastest person through a test. While, while completing the, all done, of the movements, something yeah, like this. I, I've done a very fast pre-St. George before. I'm just <laughs> I, I I remember looking at the video, like, was that it? Was that sped sped up? And my dad's like, nope. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> all right. Number four, lacking activity behind, shortly followed by a large buck and the comment, jolly to canter. Yeah, I, I'm certain that a lot of these are coming from um, English, British judges because yeah. jolly decanter. Jolly I don't decanter. think you would, you would hear, no. you know, in uh, in North America. And the no. same one for the next one, number five, nice plats. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that's when the who judge don't know plat. Yeah, plats. plats are braids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that in that weird English language over there. Yeah, number six. Shame he was a bit saucy today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can just imagine what that test looked like yeah yeah number seven we'll get we'll get to that uh, a comment about what a lovely young horse and and how she's been 
great as she got more experienced. The horse was 18. The, horse, <laughs> the judge didn't realize it was a blue roan, not a gray that was getting lighter. Uh, that's a that's a little bit of a when the judge you know makes some assumptions and I've uh-huh. I've certainly been guilty of that before you know watching a video or or coming into the first lesson oh you know like she looks like nice and sprite and young and they're like uh, <laughs> 50 you know like oh or you just just put your foot in your, in your mouth you know I've yeah <laughs> done that before, for sure <laughs> all right number eight your horse looked like he would rather have had a show jump in the arena <laughs> I imagine that's a horse that well if he didn't jump out of the ring he was thinking about it anyways yeah yeah yeah. Uh, what's number nine, Phil? Number nine was, I'm glad he didn't repeat what he did in the warm-up. The rider <laughs> was first in after a break after they had just gotten bucked off, which the judge had obviously seen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that's not a, a, a good, you know, we talk about making a good first impression. Sometimes that first impression is made before you ever even start going around the arena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number 10 stargazing written in the comments about the horse and not the rider after a mare threw a particular a particularly unelegant strup in the middle of the test and refused to bring her head down <laughs> this is very british we like it all right 11 uh lively test great choice of music however next time we didn't need to see the moonwalk well, that's kind of funny. Uh, the horse did a freestyle, the Michael Jackson music. Yeah, I love and, it. And decided uh, a halt and rain back was how the horse was going to finish the test. They were they were getting in the they were getting. Well, it's kind of creative, you know. It is kind of creative. I kind of like yeah. it. Actually. I'm sure it it was unintentional, and that's that's why they. Oh yeah, I think sometimes the judges think they're funny. And yeah, that's not. not funny. That would have been cool to do a moon mock. I'm with that rider. I think that's I think that's baller. I think that's right. <laughs> All right. Number 12. Lovely horse, calm and willing. Could you use more oomph? Oomph. Yeah. Oomph. Oomph. Kick it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one is nice pony, has great sparkle, even without the bridle. <laughs> All right. This is about a feisty little mare that was that was done up to the nines in bling. That's where we kind of talked talked about, yeah, what's too much bling? But you know, maybe maybe you're you're twelve and you you uh, you like you know you think that's an awesome idea. Yeah, number fourteen was spooky tonight. Rather you than me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah. Nice test, but lose the chewing gum. Oh, somebody went in with chewing gum. Oh, no. Oh, that's not good. No, I don't even know what to say about that. Don't do that. It's like a no-no. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's we're both funny. like, oh, that's a no-no. Oh, that's a no-no. <laughs> 16. Ooh, you've got to love, you've got to love a mare. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, 17. Nice, nice little horse in a horrible hurry. Oh, okay. We've got a lot of in a hurry right now. In a hurry. Number 18. Yeah. yeah, in a hurry. It's either in a hurry or lacking oomph. Oomph. <laughs> All right. Number 18. I'm sure a good test is just around the corner. I'm sure. Oh, no. That's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of mean, I think. It is kind of mean and funny. All the same. I would have laughed if it was mine. <laughs> but okay. yeah. All right. All right. All right. 
Uh, the next one is well rescued. Yeah, we always like a compliment, you know, when yeah. when 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 uh you know the judge the judge knows that you know it could have gone way worse, or you know, or you know, yeah. there's a little problem, but a good rider can just fix it and carry on. <laughs> Number twenty, a very enthusiastic test. I'm sure he'll settle with age. The horse was twenty one. Yeah, there's that one again. Yeah, I like I said, I've been there, you know. Yeah, we've both done it. In mouth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, here we are. Uh the rider should salute, not the horse. Oh, that sounds like a little bit of a head bob problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -oh. Why can't the horse and rider salute? Uh, no, yeah. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number twenty two. Heard from the judge's mouth, but not written down. That horse sounds like a pig as he snorted his way around the arena. Oh, that's oh. also a little bit. Mm. That's not nice. That's not nice. Yeah. I, I would. Uh, Twenty-three. <laughs> head dangerously high. I've seen horses with heads dead. Yeah, dangerously. I've ridden horses dangerously high. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I think the rider can be aware that the head is dangerously high when it's. <laughs> they don't need a judge to say that. The last one. The last one. Da -da 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 -da. All right. Rather odd. <laughs> That's, there's no context written with that one. There's oh no God. context with that one, but you know, I, you can, you can, br you can bring it, but, but we love anyway. these. They're super funny. We haven't done They're this. They're always funny segment. when judges write things. Uh, and again, I especially like when judges are trying to be funny. It just doesn't turn out that way. Right. Or, <laughs> or they, you know, they end up putting their foot in their mouth. You know, yeah. it's embarrassing. You know, it's embarrassing at the time for the judge, not necessarily the rider, but. <laughs> but uh, we're very thankful for Horse and Hound for that article. Little, little humor. We like it. If you have any, send them to us. Uh, we, we always like that. Well, Phil, now that you and I are kind of back teaching again, I'm so always so happy now when my students pull in um, and we're all riding. And I will be honest. Several of them have listened to us about the total saddle fit stability stirrups and the, the rave reviews continue because they're really like, these really help. Thanks for telling us about them on the show. And I have a little chuckle, but it's true. They really, really help. huh? Yeah. I mean, I, I love mine. I'm not quite back to where I should be in my business as far as, you know, um, showing and, and whatever, but we're getting there. And something that's going to help everybody in, you know, in getting towards going to shows and to thinking about your riding position and wanting to present your best self. I think uh, a great way is to get the Total Saddle Fit Stability Stirrup Leathers in two different versions. Um, they're, they're fantastic. They've helped my riding. I'm not going to ride. I'm not going to ride a horse in a show without having these, uh, you know, to, to help me out. From from no yeah that's true from now They're forward fantastic. right so uh, yeah people are appreciating them yeah we thank uh, Justin over at Total Saddle Fit you can you can email him or call him about questions about Saddle Fit as well as all of the wonderful products they have over there at totalsaddlefit.com well fantastic and we have a fantastic Total Saddle Fit tip of the week from Brittany Frazier Boyu we hope you enjoy. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. 
for this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we are so privileged to have Brittany Frazier Boyer. She was member of the 2018 Canadian WEG team, silver medalist at the Pan Am Games in 2015, and rides an amazing horse all in. Brittany, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, we are snagging you for a quick trainer tip of the week. What's your tip for us? Well, I um, always teach a lot of transitions. Um, I think transitions are so important from, you know, starting at beginner level all the way through to top of the sport Grand Prix. Um, I think, you know, transitions need to be written within the gate, you know, walk, trot, trot, canter, canter, trot in the warm up. Um, I think that, you know, it's so important, even when I look back from training all in from walk, trot, canter to Grand Prix, all the transitions that really have to be defined to make a top Grand Prix horse, um, it's, it's constant, it's every day. Um, even riding down central line, really collecting the canter, going forward, collecting the canter, halt, trot. You know, those are all really first impression marks that the judges all see. And that gives them, I think, an idea on how you're going to be scored for the rest of your test. Even first level, when you go down central line and you do your transition to um, walk to halt, you know, it's the first impression. And it's so important to rebalance the horse all the time. You know, like every four or five strides, you should be asking your horse to rebalance to get more underneath itself and it will help the contact. Your horse will become rounder and softer in your hand. And then you will see it. You won't need as much contact to, to support the horse. And it's so, every so, transition, it's, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. It's yeah, every transition, we're, we're, right? This is my pet peeve. Every transition. Yeah. And even from extended walk to collected walk. Um, you know, riding the walk is so important in all levels of dressage. Um, so even those marks are huge marks for a test. And you see sometimes horses that, um, that even just halting square is sometimes an issue, right? So if the half halt is really coming through and you have your horse on your seat and your back, you don't need so much hand. And the half halt is just like a little tweak, not some big movement through, the, through your hands and your, and your arm. Yeah. I, I think, you know, for the, for the, um, um, first level training level riders, if you want to train your horse and be able to go up through the levels, you have to use your hand as, as the last resort, sure. right? That's the, that's, that's right. the last thing you should that's the last thing you should engage is your arms in, you know, whether you're doing any of these transitions and, you know, the downwards ones, especially, but if, if you are always using your, your hands and arms to start the transition, the horse will never learn to, to get, uh, on, you know, on your seat. Yeah. And carry themselves. So that's an important and thing to focus on is, yeah, is, yeah, is self-carriage and learning balance and, and balance doesn't mean you get to haul on their face and make them halt and, 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 and get yeah. on their mouth, only get, only get on their mouth when you have to, to reinforce your seat aid, I think is important for people to, That's to think right. about every time you got You have to do a transition with a plan and, you know, it, it doesn't mean the plan is always going to work right to the very end, not, Oh, we're almost at walk. So let's just throw everything away. Yeah. You have to ride the transition right to the end. 
And yeah. if we, and we are trying to teach our horse to be balanced and straight, um, we as riders have to be balanced and straight and not depend on our hands for balance. So that's where the fitness level comes in. You know, mm-hmm. your core has to be engaged. It has to be strong. The, your back has to be strong. So you don't have to carry so much weight in your hand to balance the, the horse. Yeah, it's very true. You know, it's funny because we're literally, you know, sitting doing this interview. I never sit at a computer never, but I can feel myself slouching. And I think, Oh my gosh, if you're sitting at a computer all day, sit up, man. Oh boy. Oh, you know, I just, you said yeah, that. I, thought, oh. I, have to remind, I, I have to remind myself too. Even sometimes at the dinner table, I feel like I've been on a horse all day and then I sit down and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm slouching. I need to sit up. <laughs> yes. It's true. Like just these little things. I, I think honestly, in this guy's my big, my, the last transition people do like before you're just about finished. Oh, Every day, all day long, I see people just don't ride that transition and give ah, up. Yeah, yeah, they give up. What they're going to do when they get off the horse already? Yeah, and and losing focus and losing intention. Yeah, Yeah. that that kills me. Oh, that's that's a tough one for me. It's like, please ride your last transition like the first one that you're really paying attention. And I love it as we're all kind of getting back into work and, and getting back into um, after the pandemic. And it, it's such a, it's such an important thing to remember. So Brittany, I love it. Thank you so much for the tip. And uh, how can our listeners find you online? I have a website, www.fbequestrian.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Brittany Bolia 10 and I'm on Facebook, Brittany Fraser Bolia. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Brittany. And we look forward to next time. Yes. Can't wait. Thank you. Well, Phil, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs and I'm not going to lie. I'm loving the the dressage rider training ones that come in because I have to laugh as well because we are getting a lot of ones. We got one from Catherine. We got one from Nancy. Uh, Keep them coming because they really make me laugh as I'm also struggling. I think, I think people, people are referencing the fact that I can't do uh, a a squat, a proper squat, (laughs) Um, but I can, I can now I've been working on it. So I I can be part of that community of people who can actually do that. I don't know why I couldn't. I don't know why I can't. I think, I think the problem was I was holding my feet like too narrow. Oh yeah. It was just a problem. I'm, yeah. I've, worked, I've, worked, I've been working through oh, it. I'm terrible Getting at squats. stronger all the time. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's really helping. Actually, everyone is saying how it's helping their riding. And oh my gosh, some pictures I got for some horse shows last week. I was like, hey guys, like you can tell like everyone's getting fitter and looking great. So uh, keep it up. Uh, uh, we're on week seven, aren't we? Yes. It's hard to, it's, I don't know. Right now, I, I'm sure everyone's the same. Time is a weird thing. Like, I'm like, yeah, I I, I've been getting so many like texts and emails and like, <laughs> are, you know, are we doing this tomorrow? And I have to send a thing back like, no, not, not tomorrow, Thursday. Thursday. Or, you know, and I, Reese, I Reese, thought it's not, our show's not tomorrow. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. Like, yeah. I did that this week. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was, I thought Tuesday I was Wednesday. So many, and yeah, I think a lot of people uh, are doing that. So yeah. <laughs> So as long as you're doing your three day a week workout, we hope you're enjoying it. We are, we're laughing through it. And let me tell you, there are some bad words said at six 30 in the morning in this house. I'm not going to lie. Like when I'm (laughs) trying to 
do it. It's it's not pretty. So, uh, but anyways, we're having a good time and we're getting fitter and stronger. And uh, again, thanks to Nicola Smith at Dressage Rider Training for helping us with that. As always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me best on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down, your shoulders back. Keep working hard under Sage Rider training and all the fitness. And please stay well. And we look forward to talking with you next week. Mm-hmm.